special edition of the JD Bunkus podcast slash Leafs Talk. It's going to be up on both feeds because what a difference 24 hours makes. You feel dumb for our first one? So dumb. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Last night I was like, can we please record? I need to. I, I know. need to repent. Just put it on the feed so it's there. <laughs> I repent. You know what though? I was a little triggered. I was trying not to be reply guy to some of the tweets because they were like, what about now? And I went, well, yeah. Do you I want? can't see tweets, so I'm good. No, but I went, do you want the emergency pods or not? <laughs> yeah. I can only work off the information that I have at the it's time. Fair. It's fair. Good point. Okay. We're yeah. back. We're exactly. Back. Yeah. Hey, yeah. so either take the emergency pods, mm-hmm. and if they change, shut up about <laughs> it. Or <laughs> we stay, we sat or, on my couch all day on Canada yeah. Day for you. Yeah, that's right. We did. Yeah. We were inside. And then you're going to call us Watching out. TV. Yeah. Which was all right. It was kind of rainy anyway. It was. And yeah. it was kind of fun watching TV and having the news break Couldn't on television again. It was, yeah. it was, hey, television is back. It's back. Yeah. <laughs> Get those we cable packages hey. back. Rogers, baby. Oh, dude, the Rogers execs <laughs> oh, yeah. in the cable department, they saw that Elon tweet. They went, wait, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> We're doing all right. Okay. Started? So, yeah. Um, what a difference the, the 24 hours makes. Leafs end up signing two guys to one-year deals, mm-hmm. Max Domi on three mil, which it was a little less since he took three mil with Chicago, but whatever. The cap went up, so percentage-wise, let's mm-hmm. say it's a little less. And then they get Tyler Bertuzzi for one year at $5.5 million. Quick, before we bring in Myrtle, because here's what I'll say right away is, I have no idea how this works against the cap. I was trying to look at it yesterday, and I spent, I, I was basically the Zach Galifianakis meme looking at oh, the numbers mess. moving, and I went, mm, no, I'll just ask Myrtle. He'll know what to do. He'll know what to say. Uh, are, they, are they using the cap against Willie for leverage? Like, I can't figure I, out what they're trying to do. I, I don't know. Again, James, in a couple seconds. <laughs> here's three reasons why I absolutely love it. Okay. Because I, I hear all the complainers about the one-year deals, mm-hmm. and I don't really understand that. It's like, yeah, okay. I, I really, of course, you'd rather have guys on a bit of term. Of course, you didn't wish that it had that mercenary feel that I talked to you about on Leafs Talk the other day, where it does feel always like the core four and then guys Mm -hmm. and having dudes on one-year deals doesn't exactly improve that but here's three reasons why number one left wing has always been a bugaboo for this team and now all of a sudden you can go Bertuzzi Domi Nice Mm -hmm. now it doesn't feel like Matthew Nice has to be up the lineup carrying one of the top six groups and or yeah and you can shelter him a little bit man he played he wore down in the playoffs last year after just a few games. I know that's physical hockey. I know that's tough hockey, but he was coming from a college season. That's going to be nothing like the 82 game grind of the NHL. So you shelter him a little bit. And finally they figure out the left side Two goals. Mm. I mentioned all the goals that were going out the door with the free agents that were going to be leaving. And I actually threw Engvall in there too. Well, one, they end up bringing back camp anyways. And now all of a sudden you add what? 40 goals if these guys stay healthy minimum? Mm, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I would say somewhere between 40 to 50. What did Domi end up with last year? Domi was a 20-goal scorer last yeah. year. I think he scored 18, and then he only he grabbed a couple in Dallas to hit 20. Mm-hmm. He had a 56-point season. Bertuzzi was down last year, but again, another weird year. Broke his hand, blocking a shot. I, I think that he's going to end up bouncing back. And then three is just... Now they, they inject so many personalities in the room. And we know that you can't graft them onto these players. It's just the core four guys, the, the way that they are, okay? If you're expecting that Ryan Reeves is going to show up and then all of a sudden these dudes are going to start opening up and being different kind of players, I just don't really see it. 
But you bring in some guys that are play with edge, that do play with the passion, mm-hmm. that have a personality. Domi is a ratty player. Yeah. Bertuzzi is a ratty player. And Bertuzzi doesn't, he's basically going to be bunting, but not annoying you with dives and will actually scrap somebody if push comes to shove. Like, isn't really afraid of the smoke. Obviously, bringing in Reeves, you have that there. So to me, like, that's the hit list is personalities that actually bring something to what a room that you sent me that clip, Ryan Reeves calling the room quiet. Quiet. Don't like that. Can't imagine it's going to be quiet anymore. You've injected a bunch of goal scoring, which is the number one thing that this team needs. And now all of a sudden the Klingberg deal makes way more sense to me as well. And your left side is finally looking good. Anyways, let's bring in Myrtle. Uh, James Myrtle, senior managing editor at The Athletic. Good morning, buddy. How would you grade the Leafs weekend? Uh, hmm, good question. Um, I don't, I don't like Reeves or, or Klingberg, so um, I don't know. I'll be minus, mind I guess. Both. Be minus. Change your mind. Yeah, you change your mind on both. Yeah, I did. I, mean, I, 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 I think, I think, I think it was fine. I think it was fine. I think, I, I think the weekend was fine. I think they did largely what they did made sense. Sammy, what's your grade? I'll give it a solid B. Solid B. B plus. Okay. I, I, you know, not giving any long-term contracts uh-huh. during a, you know, off-season where lots of long-term contracts were given out to different guys and just kind of getting mercenaries, like you said, mm-hmm. but good mercenaries. You're not talking Zach Aston Reese on one-year deals. So you're not talking about guys that are going to contribute up your lineup. So I give it a B, B plus. Uh, okay, yeah. I was going to say. Still don't uh, love Klingberg, uh, though. I'll be the big homer, and I'll go A-. minus. And this Ooh. is why. This is why I'm going to give it A-. minus. I think that Trey Living had to sit there through the storm. And Myrtle, you tell me if I'm wrong here. I think he had to sit through that day one and basically eat it all day for that Reeves contract, which now I'm reading, again, you could tell me I'm wrong, cap guy, but is essentially something where they can bury most of that money in the miners, no Mm -hmm. sweat, if it doesn't end up working out for them. They bring Mm -hmm. in Ryan Reeves, big personality in the room, having the toughest guy on the bench all of a sudden, someone who I do think is going to have an impact at least on the room and somewhat on the on-ice product. Also, it should be referenced that I I read yesterday that uh, since 2017, there's been only 18 players that have played more playoff games than Ryan Reeves. Just for all the people that have said the stuff about, hey, how he can't play in the playoffs. Yes, he's older. Yes, maybe that is going to be the case. But either way, the guy has got a ton of playoff experience. They buy extremely low on Klingberg. This is a guy who a year ago people thought was going to get a big splashy deal. And his numbers are horrific because he played on the Anaheim Ducks. I watched the Anaheim Ducks play last year, twice, when they played the Leafs. It was a horrific experience. They beat the Leafs. (laughs) Yeah, no, they They did beat the Leafs. But that Ducks team, I don't really care what the analytics say about a player who played on Anaheim. I, I just don't. I really don't care. And now, like I mentioned, you get these two left wingers that kind of fit seamlessly on your team for sort of bargain deals because Trey Living sat back, waited for the market to play out. Everybody grabbed all those middle tier guys. Those two were left holding the bag and he nailed it. Like A minus. No one. Okay. Yeah. That that (laughs) wasn't a compelling case. I love it. I'll just let Myrtle get in. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think of where to start. Where do you want me to start? Where anywhere, are we going here? Anywhere, buddy. This is uh, an open. Was, this is an open that forum. Was, that was everything. Yeah. So, number one, I don't think they're done. I don't know what's going to happen with Neilander. No. I still think that there's multiple trades potentially on the table. Um, they got about fifty grand in cap space left once they sign Samsonov and find a way to get rid of Matt Murray. Mm-hmm. So they're they keep they can't do anything in free agency unless they're trading somebody other than Matt Murray. Um, 
You're right about the Reeves situation. I mean, I, I think with him, too, you put him on waivers, someone probably is going to pick him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, you put him to the Marlies, and it doesn't hurt you really at all. So it's a little bit different than some of the other situations they've had in the past. Um, I'm trying to think where to, where, you, where we want to go. You didn't really like Klingberg, so, yeah, we can get into okay. that one. Well, okay, so the Anaheim thing. Klingberg struggled the year before that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why he didn't get the big deal. That's why he ended up in Anaheim, because he had a really poor season in Dallas the year before, and no one particularly wanted him. And also, when Anaheim moved him to Minnesota, he played really, really badly in Minnesota. He struggled mightily. Uh, there's a reason why a guy like that only got a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. So either he's going to have... Either his last two seasons are going to be wiped out and he's going to get back to what he was before that, or he's a guy who's on the decline in his early 30s in a really significant way. Mm-hmm. So Klingberg's, Klingberg's a big gamble. And he's also not what they talked about adding. Like, yeah. he's, not, he's not the physical presence. And I look at the deep pairs, like, where, where do you like to play Klingberg? I'm, I'm not really sure. With what you're paying him, you can't put him on the third pair. If he was coming in at $2 million, he's on your third pair, and he's going to, he's going to be on the power play. That's fine to me, but he's making over four million. He's going to have to be in your top four. He's going to have to play. You know, I think in Minnesota, I think they were only playing him sixteen minutes, and they still weren't happy with him. Mm-hmm. So that that one's a big time wild card. Yeah, I mean, I and and the other thing too, JD, is that all four of the guys they added are not good defensively. No, nope. all of them, all of them are not. So you know, they picked up some offense. They're giving some back on the other end. There's still the big question about what's going to happen with Neilander here. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would point out too is, what do you what do you do in the bottom six with this group? Like, how do you make lines that make sense? Because I was struggling to do that. So I I think that one of the things you explore early on, anyways, is taking a peek at Domi down the middle with Nyes on a line. At least you mm-hmm. have the flexibility to do that now. And you say, all right, we could have a third line that actually scores. And mm-hmm. they we don't really have a consensus third, fourth line. They play a little bit more. Sheldon Keefe has never been someone who's afraid of line juggling, right? And, and that's worked against them. Like, I actually think that that was a, a big part of the reason why Ryan O'Reilly didn't stay here is that he didn't like the way that Sheldon Keefe ran his bench. But he's not afraid of it. And he's certainly not going to be in a regular season where... You know, I, I don't. I actually don't think that's true with O'Reilly, to be honest. All right, that's in, that's uh, that's what I've heard. I've heard that Ryan O'Reilly was not a big fan of Keefe, and that a big part of the reason that he ended up leaving was when they ran back the coach. And and I got and that I from more no. than one person. I, I heard that, and I looked into it, and I was told no. All right, you versus me. You know, who are people <laughs> are gonna believe? I, I looked into it too, James. All right. <laughs> so I yeah, also but, looked into it. Okay. Well, off the air, you can tell me who you talk to. I will. But... Actually, maybe I won't, but maybe I will. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Either way. Uh, I I was not talking to other media people or something. Mm, okay. That was kind of shot at me, but that's okay. I'll, I'll eat that one. Well, uh, so, I mean, you're throwing it out there that he doesn't like the coach. And yeah. If it's not true, then I'm just going to shoot it down for you. I, I, here's what I will say. I feel pretty certain that he was unhappy, at least with the playoffs. Let's put it that way. Pretty certain. 99% that he did not like the coaching in the playoffs. How's that for a number? It's fine. Yeah, it's a pretty good number, right? 99%? Um, okay, so let's keep it moving, though. So the thing with Klingberg, you're right. But I would say this. To me, that's kind of an indicator that they're going to make another move on D. Because you're right. As, of, as it stands yep. right now, none of these pieces end up actually fitting together. The question is, I like, how do you make that work? To me, the guy I would be circling is TJ Brody, 
simply because of the term that he has and the past with Trey Living where he didn't give him an extension. Like, what, what do you think Brody's future is with the club? Is he the guy for mm. you? I don't know. I mean, the only thing is, is that he plays the tough minutes. And, like, I don't know how you replace him at $5 million, right? So I think there's a couple things they potentially could do. I mean, I wonder if you look at Lilgren, maybe, or... I don't know. Maybe you don't believe in Giordano anymore. I, I don't know, but I, I do think that there's still something to come on, on defense, but I don't like right now. I think if you go into the season, you're looking at Riley Brody McCabe with Klingberg, mm-hmm. I guess, and then Giordano and Lilgren and like none of that really excites me that mm-hmm. much. So I think not only does the third and fourth line, it's hard to come up with something that's going to work really well on both of those lines. It, it's also on the blue line. It, to me, it looks like an unfinished portrait right now i'd be very surprised if we get to september and this is you know the 21 or 22 man roster that they go into the season with Mm -hmm. okay so let's move back up to the forwards then how what do you how did bertuzzi end up getting this contract like a lot of people had him as the number one free agent and i mentioned that other teams ended up re-signing their players boston obviously moved a bunch of guys to try to make this work and then he takes the five-plus-million-dollar deal on a one-year deal. Like, I get betting on yourself, but this is someone who was coming off of a down year. You thought maybe he would want to cash in on the playoff success that he had. What was your read on just how the market developed for him and, and how Toronto was able to get in there with this one-year deal? Well, I mean, he wanted, you know, the five-plus-million with term, and I think you're right. I think waiting out the market a little bit ended up working in Toronto's favor because that didn't materialize for him. But the other key thing for Bertuzzi is he wanted to play for a contender. He didn't want to just go. He probably could have got that term and that money with, you know, if he went to, like, I I think that was out there with a bad team, but that's not what he wanted. So he's betting on himself. He's betting on, you know, last year was, was a bit of a mess for him. You know, he comes in, imagine he plays with, Marner and Matthews all season. Like, what are his numbers going to look like? Cap's going to go up. You know, could be a home run for him if it plays out that way. So it's it's good for Leafs in that way. Other than it will probably be hard to retain him if he has a huge year. But he's going to come in with something to prove. But the big factors were he, he feels like he can win in Toronto. He feels like he's going to play with great players and have a good season. And the contract that we all thought Bertuzzi was going to get. I mean, I thought he was going to get five by five. Mm -hmm. And I thought that maybe even the Leafs would do something like that. I like this better because he's coming off the injury. Um, He's had multiple injuries. If you look past, uh, you know, back at the last few seasons, um, that's the red flag for him. See how it works, you know, and if you get to mid season and he's lighting it up, then maybe you start talking extension right there. Mm -hmm. I will say that the down year still did see him get 16 points in 21 games with Boston. And yeah, the five goals, obviously in the playoffs, the five assists. I I also like this. If you dig, because Detroit didn't play a bunch of playoff games. Doesn't have a big playoff resume with the Red Wings teams that were bad. But he has been proven to play up the lineup, play significant minutes and be able to score 30 goals. But the the one I like, I, I don't know how you guys read into stuff like this, but when they won a Calder in Grand Rapids. And when he was down there, he was their second leading goal scorer. Do you, do you care about stuff like that when it comes to playoffs? Like, I, I don't want to say it replies to everyone. You can't use it with a, a, you know, a broad brush. But how do you feel about just like the combined or sorry, AHL and NHL numbers last year with that stacked Bruins team? Well, I mean, what is he, 31? Or if I'm, I mean, he's been around a long time. So yeah. going all the way back to his HL time is a bit 
ancient history for me. He's a he's he's a good player. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a really good he's a really good offensive player. And especially if you play him with two good defensive players like Matthews and Marner, all of a sudden you're not worrying so much about his defensive weaknesses. And he's the perfect fit. I mean, the, I didn't get a chance to write about it, but I think that if you know the perfect off season for the Leafs. And and the number of players like Bertuzzi that were available in free agency, there were hardly any. There were hardly any really good scorers available. You know, I think we could potentially look back at this in six months and say the Leafs got the best offensive player that was available. Yeah. And, so, and you picture him going right up on that top line because I think I do. Like I don't. Th- if you give him five, five, you yeah. put him there right away, right? Because he'd be one of your I mean, highest paid forwards. Yeah. I mean, in, in the power play, he's going to be really useful. He's he's really good in front of the net, right? Like he's a, mm-hmm. it's like getting a Bunting who's better than Bunting, basically, mm-hmm. or a Hyman. Like it's one of those guys that's going to be able to go into the dirty areas and bang in the the scraps that are there. So I feel like that that's a hundred percent where he belongs. God, yeah, I just I really love his addition to this team. He's been basically the fantasy replacement for Hyman since Hyman left. Yeah, I was shocked they got him. When yeah. I saw that one year five five, like I was legitimately floored by that. You know, with all the money that's been given out, like what, see what Kalorn got, see what these guys have gotten for him to get that. It's yeah, pretty why crazy. would you give Kalorn that money if you're Anaheim and not Bertuzzi? Well, they want the the gritty winner guy who's going to teach their young guys. Like they probably want it. They, that's how they sold himself on it. But uh. I mean, I'm sure he's having some conversations with his agent how he ended up with a one year contract. Like like Bunk said, he's a one of the top guys on the on the market. It's pretty crazy to end up with a one year deal. It's a huge I'm win for Tree Living. It. it is. It is. It's a massive like the stock the stock change on Tree Living from. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you would have our emergency if, pod, if you would have <laughs> bought Tree Living stock on Canada Day when the market rich. closed <laughs> <laughs> right before, and then you woke up the next morning a little late, you were feeling terrific about yourself. And so yeah, I don't know. To me, that's why I, I have a trouble, uh, tough time not giving the lease that higher grade. Is that. I just look at this signing alone, and to me, it's just such a coup to maintain your flexibility moving forward, bring in this guy at essentially no risk. It's, it, it's to me, like what signing have we seen so far in free agency that you like more than this? I think Carolina Carolina had a good free agency for sure. Yeah. I mean, they look, they look pretty deadly with what they did. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the better ones. Really, the only risk with Bertuzzi is the injury stuff. Yep. And it, but if he's healthy, it's going to be... A slam dunk. Yeah. So where do you start, Domi? When I, I know that we have the Nylander piece of this that we we don't have figured out That's yet. That's looming big time here. Yeah, it With is a looming. lot of the cap stuff. Like I, you know, the thought does cross my mind here every so often. Then it's like, okay, well they're going way over the cap, maybe because mm. yeah, one of their best players may be out the door. Like that stuff does cross my mind. What I do you think about it? What do you think about the, this, James? Like, did these moves signal to you more likely Nylander staying or more likely Nylander leaving? I, I think the number one concern with me, for me with looking at all of it is that it, it precludes Nylander going. And then if, if he, yeah, I mean, he's only making 7 million. How are you possibly going to replace the 40 goals that he's like, yeah. is that, is that the Domi and Bertuzzi? I just, I feel like a Nylander trade that you make right now, you're going to lose. So it doesn't sound like those negotiations have gone very well. It sounds like they're pretty far apart. You don't really want to go into the season with him unsigned. You know, the no trade clause has kicked in. There's lots of talk about wanting to get bigger on D, and they haven't done that yet. So is there some sort of Nylander trade where you try to get bigger on defense? I don't know. I mean, there's there's some red flags there still. There's there's I, that That's the hardest thing to pull off of this offseason. It's not – it's great that they, they added some offense in, in free agency and everything, and I think their cap situation's workable with what they've got right now. But if there's some blockbuster trade still to come – 
mm-hmm. all bets are off. Like I don't even, I'm reluctant to even grade tree living's off season. Cause I think the the biggest, most complicated piece is still to come here. And that's Neilander. Yeah. And to be, uh, just for the sake of the segment, this grade is based off of what's happened so far. Like we, you can't predict the future. So this is me giving them the a minus today. They get, absolutely killed in the Nylander trade. That's obviously going to affect things. I just keep coming back to the, the Calgary one. It just feels like they would love to be able to get a star and prove that they can get someone back there. They just paid Huberto all that money. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't want to pay Nylander a bunch of cash either. The, the man who paid him is now in charge. Yeah, believe, so. I guess. And like, Hannafin to me and Lindholm, it, it doesn't reek as a very sexy move for a guy like Nylander, but it just feels like if, if they're willing to eat the Matt Murray money and throw that in, and then maybe you get Vladar back or something to add to your goaltending depth, I don't know. It, it still feels to me like that's something that's there. The, the Carolina one to me also, like it was noted that Carolina added on the blue line as well. Which of those two teams you think that you'd at least hope Toronto deals with more primarily out of the two if you're given the options? Man, I don't know if you can win a trade with Carolina. Like, they just seem to be, they're sharks, right? Yeah. Like, you, <laughs> you know, it sounds like they're going to move, what, Pesci or what was the other name that's out there? Brady Shea I mean, is the other guy that's a UFA after yeah. this year. Right, right. I mean, they would be okay, but, like, with Nealander going the other way, no way. I mean, that's the thing, too. And, I mean, you talk about your dream Calgary trade with Lindholm and Hannafin or however you, you weigh it out. I mean, maybe, I guess, yeah. you know, Lindholm's extension was probably going to be, no, I still don't know, love the, it. The, the numbers are huge there and yep. he's older than Neilander. And the good thing about that is you get in a, you get a really good number two center. Who's exactly fantastic defensively. And then, then all of a sudden your forward lineup makes some sense, but yep. there's going to have to be more, probably more good into Calgary than more. And going the other Calgary. thing too is, if if you're Nylander and you got the ten team no trade clause, aren't you putting Calgary on there? I mean, like they, they look there. like the, he loves yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you're Nylander and you want to win this negotiation and you don't want to get traded, you probably just sometimes what happens in these situations is you go through with the agent. And it's like let's just pick all the teams where they potentially could trade us to. Mm. Anyone that's got cap space, anyone that would be a trade partner, just put them on that list. That he, that happens all the time. He did submit the list. Do you yeah. know any names that are on it? No, no, no. I mean, no. I'll take one they, guess. Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg, number one. <laughs> yeah, that was. Well, I think Winnipeg's the number one team on every trade I, list around the league. I was going to say, it's just that, that's just a default spot. They don't even fill out the other, the, the, the top Ottawa. one. It's just nine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Ottawa. It's just like, yeah, it's nine. It, it's actually a nine team list. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. The Nylander thing makes me feel queasy, too, because it's it, like we talked about this last week, James, a little bit. Is, to me, I. I just as a matter of principle and culture changing, giving him 10 million bucks a season or somewhere that's even close to that. I don't care if the cap's going up just to me. It's just, it's a further indicator of what these guys priorities are and the whole get the bag culture over, get the W's. I, I just, I can't have it. You have to, to me show that you want to be here. If Timo Meyer, who is your direct comparable will re up in New Jersey of all places, like much worse place to live, bad taxation, you know, young team, fine, good chance of winning. I think that they actually have better Stanley Cup odds right now than Toronto does, but it it doesn't matter to me. If he's willing to just get that done immediately before going to market and you're trying to drag this sucker out, I'm going, there is a part of me that, yeah, 
out of principle, you have to move off. Like, it, it makes sense. It's not just doing it out of spite. It makes sense to try to send a message to the rest of the group. But the other part of this I look at and go, well, how does he sign again before he knows what Matthews is doing? Like, how is it not Matthews that's sending and delivering the message down the rest of the line of, hey, I actually did take a little bit less to make sure that we're starting some of this here. And and you've already mentioned that you think the contract is going to be what I think you use the term not, it's not going to kill them, right? Like it's not going to be something that's extremely unfriendly, but it's going to be more than people would think, more than the McKinnon percentages. What, why do you think this thing hasn't gotten done yet? Like what what's the holdup with Matthews? Because there's been so much optimism around him. And then this was just a dead quiet weekend. I think that, I mean, for one free agency there's a lot of other things going on like max domi's agent is austin matthews agent so he's he's been he's been a little bit busy Mm -hmm. but i just don't i don't think they see the urgency there i I think they feel like they know around where it's going to land and that it's going to get done before the season starts and they can use a little bit of that time to figure out what the exact particulars are i think that's where that one's at matthews is going to get done but i don't know if you waiting on that one in order to appease nylander is going to help because my read of the situation is that Nylander feels like he's been way underpaid compared to the other members of the core four. Mm. And Which is true. they've been ahead of him. It, it is true. It is true. And if you look at the results, he's pretty close to Tavares and Marner. In, I mean, like certainly in goal scoring, mm-hmm. how he's played in the playoffs, been part of the power play one. Um but I think you're right. I, I, To me, the best comparable for Nylander is Philip Forsberg in Nashville. He signed last July, 8.5, eight years in Nashville. Their numbers are very, very close if you look at their careers. Very, very similar. So even if you adjust for the cap going up, that's $9 million. It's like 9.03 or something like that. I think that's the Nylander number. So if he wants 10, I think you're right. I think there's got to be – sanity has to prevail at some point. Yeah. So – if he's if he's way above what the comparables look like, then what choice do you have? Yeah, and I, and I honestly think giving Nylander eight years, like that even in itself, just with some of the issues that he's had over the past in his whole career, mm-hmm. with you know not necessarily motivation, like I don't know, it just consistency, it, consistency. That's what last year in the playoffs. Yeah. It's funny, everyone's like he was their best player in the playoffs. He was the most consistent for guy. Like four or five of the games where he was yeah. not as good, but then the other ones, he's so good. So yeah. that's the whole, that's the whole thing with him. But I just the eight year contract length with Nylander is something that I don't necessarily love either. So they probably wouldn't get him on that. They're not going to get any of these Leafs guys on that. But just. I would be a little bit worried about the eight-year thing with him. I just, to me, yeah. The, yeah, the bigger concern actually is just the idea of trading him to Carolina, who looks wow. so poised. They look so good. You're gonna, lo- you're definitely, yeah, and you're trading him to a guy, a team yeah. that you might Trying have to, to beat, with. yeah, and you're gonna lose the trade. Yeah. That's the terrifying thing about this Willie Nylander thing is that there's no way you win the trade. Carolina, though, still with the goalie thing. You're like, hmm, yeah, your roster Freddie looks great, again. but Freddie again, huh? Like the uh, sure. He was good in the playoffs, though. So. Yeah, until they sure he'll end up staying healthy. But yeah, I just I think that there does there has to be that number with Nylander. It just it can't get emotional. It can't get spiteful. It it has to remain level headed. It just you know I, I remember I talked to Frank Cervelli last week on Friday. He mentioned that every day that passes by makes it more likely that Nylander is going to get traded. I'll just mm-hmm. say this for the rest of just for some of the these discussions. Yeah, we can throw in potentially Nylander moving, but I, I do think that for the sake of the way that we're looking at the roster right now, we kind of keep it with him in mind. Which for the next piece is the Domi signing. Do you try him at center at first, or do you put him on the wing? Like, where where does he fit for you, given like the current construction of the forwards? Because you're right, it 
there is a bit of an awkward fit if you put him in the top six. Don't love him with Willie and Tavares. That is Don't. not a good defensive line at all. No, but it would be good offensively, yeah. especially regular season-wise. But then it's just like all of a sudden Nyes and Camp for your third line where you're starting with, what, Lafferty or something like that? Like, h- how do you see that mix, James? Yeah, I agree with you. I like him on the third line. I, I like the idea, like create a sheltered scoring third line. Mm-hmm. They don't have a lot of centers, really. I mean, like no. if it's like people are talking about camp as your third line center and Holmberg is your fourth line center. Like, that. Well, that's no, not, no, no. That's, that's, not good. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's not going to work. Um, and I think you, uh, in an ideal world, you, you've got purpose built third and fourth lines on this team. Like you have a fourth line that's really can play in the defensive zone, can eat the tough minutes. Mm-hmm. The tough thing there is I don't know about Reeves playing on a defensive Bingo. line. I, yeah. I guess, like, that's why I say when the pieces don't fit. It's like, how do you build something that makes sense here? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to play Reeves with Domi as the third-line center. So, it's, I don't know. It's, I that's, it feels like there's still at least one more shoe to drop and probably more than that. Like, I don't think this is finished. But if they go in with this roster, then it's, I think, something like Nyes, Domi, Bjarncroc or something is a pretty darn good third line. and. Mm can produce some offense and I don't know. I mean, that's, that's kind of the sort of the way it looks like right now. But everyone keeps talking about when they have, when they move the Murray contract, they'll be able to do, you know, like every uh, sort of uh, projected thing I see is when they move the Murray contract, they'll have this much cap space. Like Mm -hmm. what are they going to do with it? Are they going to LTIR it? Are they going to, are they going to, you know, trade it? Like, I have a hard time believing that that's going to happen with a trade. Like, I, I think if the Nylander trade happens, that you're, that you're he including that. He's part of that? Yeah. I don't know. It just everyone seems to assume that this is going to be such an easy thing to do, but I guess it's LTIR then if they're just assuming that. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's only 29, and he was healthy at the end of the year, so I can't see him being like, you know, I'm done, and I'm going to... It's not like a yeah. Muzzin situation where the, the guy's ready to retire. Or and a loophole situation where he's like, I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. yeah, seems like he wants to play. So yeah, I think he does want to play. So I, my read of this, and I don't know this for sure because no one's saying anything, but my read is that they've got some sort of trade cooked up that's in their back pocket that they're waiting to execute on. Because if they don't, like a buyout to me doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. There's still a second buyout window that they potentially could use. I feel like there's going to be some sort of attach an asset to them and move them. And then the other thing, you, you could even retain some salary on Murray if that makes it easier to do, but then it gets tighter with the rest of your group. Yeah. No, this is this is the real, uh, you know, bugaboo with the the, the two guys from the Canada Day, you know, is just the the fit, which is, you're right, is I, I don't, Klingberg, I can I can see it, I can, I can kind of understand it, and you walk into the season and say, hey, he's going to be on your power play one. And as good as Riley was in the postseason, as weird as it feels to demote him after being your best player in the playoffs, it's fine to give that group a different look. It, it, it just, it really is given what has happened in the past. And yeah, Klingberg might end up being better there. He just, he just might, might be a little bit more or less hesitant than Riley. Fine. You can figure out a partner with him. Keefe will do the same thing, juggling up the lines. The Reeves one that you mentioned there is, is the toughest for me where I'm like, okay, you have a checking line that he's on it. I don't love that. Um, yeah. His defensive metrics are really not good. And I don't like him with camp whatsoever. And then, yeah, he's obviously not playing on a doming line. The only way it works is if he's on the Pontus Holmberg line that you aligned that doesn't play. But then that doesn't feel heavy enough. I, I, that, I hate that little part of it. What do you think about just Domi in general, too? Like the, the way that his market shook out. Is this, did, was your read on it that it was pretty much he kind of targeted Toronto? He wanted to come home? There, there'd been buzz around him in this place for a while, but 
I don't think that the last GM ever really wanted him. He didn't. I, I think I think that that's another one like Bertuzzi where the player wanted to come to a good team. Obviously, there's the, I mean, this is home for, for Domi. I mean, he watched his dad play here. There was the, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a great picture of him that someone put out. Yeah, of it was awesome. Max Domi sit. No, it was with his dad, and Max is, looks like he's about three years old, and he's sitting on the bench, and it's before mm-hmm. a game's about to start, and it's, you know, he just looks like a little, you know, so he, it's been ingrained in his mind from when he was a little toddler that, you know, the Leafs was, was kind of the mecca and where he wanted to be, and now he's back, and it's too bad. I don't think he's going to wear 28, which is too bad. I think they should find a way to make that happen because, uh, you know, those full circle moments, it's kind of like when Luke Shen came back, only a little bit different, but... You know the uh, the ovation on opening night for mm-hmm. for for a Domi to be back in the Leafs lineup is going to be pretty pretty impressive. I was texting uh, Bunk about this, but James, he's going to definitely have a passion wires cross moment where he gets mm-hmm. a significant suspension this year. <laughs> like I can I can already picture it happening. Maybe opening night. Yeah, the, <laughs> I, it's like the, I know that this is like an old school take, but. I do love that they went out and got the gritty guy from Sudbury and the guy who yeah, has. Yeah, I love it. Like they, they they both have the bloodline and they get, and they get a guy who yeah grew up watching this team play mm-hmm. and probably dreaming about playing in a Leafs uniform. To to me, th- like that, it's that that shouldn't be everything. Obviously, that shouldn't be the the main thing. It should be about how you play and how you fit with the team. But like I was talking about off the top when dissecting these moves. One of the things that I do love is that you bring in Reeves, who's not afraid of the spotlight at all, and in fact embraces it, loves it. You know, he's already out here talking about everything that he's going to bring from a personality standpoint and make the group mesh together. So yeah, he's going to be a star here. Domi's not afraid of the limelight, and neither is Bertuzzi. Like, the, you bring in three personalities to that room. I, I have to feel as though that has some kind of meaning. Yeah, I, I I don't mind any of that part of it. You know, it's just kind of like I'm just not sure how you. I think the personality thing is fine. I mean, I think it 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 sort of worked with Ryan O'Reilly, right? I mean, it didn't work in the way that mm-hmm. they, they lost embarrassingly in the playoffs. But you know, O'Reilly was beat up and <laughs> yeah, that um, scored a couple big goals for them. He did. <laughs> he, you know, I I think it's fine. I, you know, the Tree Living saying that the dressing room's too quiet. They need some more noise there. They need need some more personality there. There, that's fine. I mean, if you can get that and get players who can play, that makes sense. I mean, that's the thing with Reeves is like. He's also declined from what he was. Like you're not getting Reeves of two or three years ago when he could play the eight or nine minutes and not be a huge liability. I mean, the last couple of years have been ugly. He's 36 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that's I don't. Is Reeves just going to be the DJ and then go sit on the bench for the rest of the game? Like I don't. Kind of seems that way. Him. Like it feels a lot like when they signed Colton Orr or Matt Murray or you know go down the list. It feels like I mean the Simmons one feel it feels very similar to that like he couldn't play anymore gets uh-huh. a two-year deal and then he can't play and he doesn't play like that's the most likely outcome with that one yeah it's gonna be so fun watching him beat the brakes off yeah. that. i will say i <laughs> will say, fight very much anymore I, either guys well, no one I mean, fights him why would anyone yeah. fight him you know what the outcome I, is going to yeah. be he doesn't fight a lot i mean that's mm-hmm. that's one of the criticisms of him in his last few stops you know is that you want him to be a deterrent. Mm-hmm. He, well, what's he going to deter at this point? I'll say this, though. Say that more because I hope the Leafs put that in their dressing room 
James Myrtle doesn't fight anymore. <laughs> Ryan Reeves staple it right as I they mean, walk out. Honor, and pride. If I was Sheldon doesn't Keith, fight anymore. Sheldon <laughs> Keith should be tapping that sign before every single game. Like, did you see? I don't this? need any more. I don't. I don't need any more Leafs and Forces reading my stories and my tweets because I've lived that in my career many times, and I get the dirty looks when I walk in the dressing room. So I'm. It'll probably happen again, but guy doesn't yeah. think you fight. You think, are you afraid to fight? Is that, <laughs> it feels like Reeves, feels like Reeves might tell you that he read it too, James. It doesn't seem like he's too afraid to call people out. Like I will say, I watched his Zoom yesterday, and Solid. I did love it. Yeah. Like I did love the way he was talking, and you know, he chose to come Toronto. It's like it wasn't all about the money. I think three years probably had a lot to do with it, but I did appreciate the stuff he had to say, and he clearly is like a huge personality a big stud that guys love like i did love his press i just I think of the savard line right where savvy goes if he's so good in the room leave him there and that's just how <laughs> that's how i feel about this a little bit yeah that's fair is, i like i can't wait to see him on the bench you know like yeah. him on the bench leaning over it yelling at guys mm-hmm. love him on the ice in his own end. In the defensive zone? Yeah. Not as much. Chasing guys around <laughs> and then taking a penalty because he's frustrated he can't catch anybody. Less. Yeah. Like that part less. You're right. I just, I don't know where they find the minutes for him or what the minutes look like for him. So you're I, back off of Reeves. No, I'm on, I'm, buddy, come on. I'm on Reeves, all okay. right? I'm trying, to, I, I'm, I'm trying to follow him. I'm in on Reeves. <laughs> I'm in on Reeves. Especially because, but a lot of being in on Reeves is what James mentioned, is that they could end up just burying that contract yeah. down the line. It doesn't end up hurting them, mm-hmm. right? I, I All I'm saying is I think that the three years thing and the money is to me a little bit over-discussed in the discussion about him. What I care about right now is the now. And I think that he is going to be good for the culture of the room. I do think that there is a value in having the toughest guy on your bench, but to, yeah, the other stuff, I just, I, I don't see how he's going to have all that positive impact on the on ice product. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. It's just, I don't know how else we can break it sort of down that way anyway. So the next move that ends up happening here is they have to do Murray first, right? Like they have to move off of money before they do something. Or do you think that they go, what is it? You can go 10% over the cap into the summer. Yeah. I mean, they're fine. They're not like, the cab looks fine to me, but yeah, you got to find a home for Murray. And like I said, mm-hmm. like looking at where they're at and how, you know, you need to get Samson off signed. So that's going to have to go before you can do that. There's going to be, I'm sure they'll file for arbitration with Samsonov and mm-hmm. that. So they've, they've, they'll buy themselves whatever it is a few weeks, but then that's why I feel like looking at how close they are, that they know that they've got an outlet for Murray. They, they know there's somewhere he's going to go. Hmm. I'd be surprised if it's if they haven't heavily looked into where that could go. Originally, there was lots of talk about San Jose, but then they brought in uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, and mm-hmm. they've got the two goalies. So I guess the thing you could be looking for is someone else acquires Murray and does the buyout. The only thing is, is the cash on, on that buyout is pretty significant. So that's when you start to wonder what kind of an asset are you going to have to package with Murray to get someone else to buy him out. Yeah, that's that's the part that's so hard to understand is I'm looking at this. Last year it was what? Move back 12 spots? No, more than that. Uh, how how many spots do they have to move back with the Mrazic trade? Mm. Remember? I think it was 14 or okay. something like that. So you move 14 16? spots back, which probably carries more value than it sounds on the surface, right? When... Because like all these teams, we learn this from the NFL, they have the, the valuation spot where they go, this is what this is worth, and then you need to have yeah, this Yeah, but things. a late first is the same as a early second. Like yeah. it's really not that much different. I mean, the, the, and in the, in, the, in the NHL, it's like 
top five picks are worth a ton. Yeah. Six to 10 is worth quite a bit. And then it like really levels off and really goes flat on you. Well, yeah. And I, again, when we were putting in the research to see what has gone in the 28 range for the last five years, hasn't been great. No, it, it wasn't exactly, uh, wow, look at all these great players that have emerged from picking in this spot. It's not really a thing. You're so, throwing a dart even there. Yeah, like that's that's yeah. what I mean. It's, it's, it's all dart throwing. That's why I can't remember who it was, but the, there was an analytics guy that put together the value of seventh round picks versus fourth round picks and how mm-hmm. they're just like all not at all dissimilar in the NHL, mm-hmm. given the history that we'll do this thing where we go, can you believe this guy was a seventh round pick? And you're like, yeah, kind of actually, because that range is pretty much all the exact same dart throwing. But yeah, I, I don't know. As it gets later in the game, I would imagine that if you're another team, the price for acquiring Murray is only going to go up from here. I mean, I would play hardball for sure. I just wonder if there's some sort of handshake deal that they figured out with mm-hmm. Arizona. I'd have to look at who doesn't have two goalies right now. I mean, but even if you do have two goalies, maybe buyout. like I said, it, maybe it's just the buyout. But again, it's it's quite a bit of money. So you don't really want to package like a first round pick in this. Oh, God. Right? No. It's going to, I don't know, a second round pick, maybe. They don't have a lot of prospects to include either. So no. I don't know. That one's going to be really interesting to see how they get out of it. I mean, I think the Mrazic one was, that was like some David Blaine sleight of hand magic that they got out of Mrazic as easily as they did. He had two years left on his deal. But yeah, I don't know, maybe some other teams. Trade. That was an amazing trade it, to get rid of maybe, maybe someone else is looking at that and being like, hey, they got Bedard by doing that. Why don't we do the same thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, except for, yeah, when Matt Murray's healthy, he's better than Mrazic is. <laughs> and yeah. and I, no, I, that's the thing. That's what's lost in that trade. I also love that Dubas' best trade was getting rid of his goaltending. Right? <laughs> bad. His his bad truly goal. his best one was the guy he signed, and everyone was like, what a trade that he made here after giving this guy that that money. It was a good trade, though. No, like, it was. There's yeah. no doubt about it. It was a good. But it was a It was just a signing. horrific signing. Yeah. And even when it happened, everyone looked at it and went, sorry, how many years from Razik? Yeah. At what kind of money? This doesn't really make any sense. To me... I don't know if this is enough of a sweetener when it comes, just when you're talking about the picks and what could end up going out the door with him. The thing that really wasn't lost on me with the whole depth that left wing now, all of a sudden is there were a lot of people, at least on Twitter, right? And they're throwing in Nick Robertson into the Leafs lineup and they went, Oh, because he's cheap. And now you need something from Robertson. Well, if you've got Bertuzzi and Domi and Nyes, no, you don't, you know, now all of a sudden you don't need Nick Robertson. He, he has no place to play on this roster next year. Like there is zero path outside of an injury for Nick Robertson to play a role that he should on this Leafs team. I, I got to feel like at some point here, this off season, I know it's a lesser, a smaller priority, but that he's just kind of, he's, he's thrown in one of these trades. And, and I wonder if he is enough for a team that's looking at Matt Murray and saying, Hey, yeah, you're eating this, but you can take him. Do you think his value is even that? Like, is he worth a second round pick essentially is what I'm saying. I think if you're a team that's rebuilding, you take a flyer on a guy like Robertson that you can give him an opportunity. And I mean, the only place he really fit on the lineup was that kind of Holmberg Reeves nonsense line. Like, mm-hmm. but, but I mean, Robertson still is, is waiver exempt. So like they could even just split him between the Marlies again, if he does mm-hmm. come back, like you're not committed to having to play him in the NHL. So I don't know if you want to just give him away. But if someone's doing doing you a favor, like taking the Murray contract, That's what I'm saying maybe maybe there's something there that makes sense. Yeah, I absolutely do that. That's what I mean. To me, he's the piece that I'm shopping with the Matt Murray contract because yeah. you don't really have picks. 
And and if I'm tree living, why he's actually if there's been a guy who's been really successful with nailing some drafts, it it has been tree living. And if, if I'm him, I'm going, no, 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 I want, I want to keep a bunch of these. I want to make sure that my flexibility is open. And if the read from the organization is, yeah, well, this kid can score, but we don't really see the fit and it hasn't really, he just feels snake bit here. He just, he's clearly a change of scenery candidate. And he came into last season, well, house on fire well, for the preseason, right? It's okay to bury him down the minors, but how old is he now? 22? Is he, he's, he's a younger guy. I think yeah. maybe he still might be 21. Either way, he's 21, he's 22 years old. He clearly really, really, really wants to crack the NHL. He's watching his brother get all this opportunity. I feel like, yeah, if you, if you are the Arizona destination that's going to take the Matt Murray money, why would you take another pick? Take another guy who can play for you right now and see what you have. So that, that to me is the deal. That's what I'm offering if I'm tree living is Robertson with the Murray contract. And then, yeah, maybe you throw in some kind of like seventh round pick or something if the team is really playing hardball. Makes some sense to me. I mean, I don't know. This is just us coming yeah. up with stuff. But, yeah, I think that, that uh, the Leafs just don't have a lot else to package with it, especially if you don't want to include any picks of significance. I mean, there's just – I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. That one's going to be really interesting to see how Tree Living does with it because those are not easy trades to make. No. You know, even if someone's buying that out, it's big-time money. I think I think, I think the buyout would cost you $4 million. Just doing the math off that, at least that, because the cash on the last year of the Murray's deal is eight million. Like it's it's an Ottawa contract. There's no there's no signing bonus that the Leafs are eating, or it's a contract with a ton of cash in it. So even Arizona, I don't even know if they're going to be able to afford to take that. It's going to have to be someone that can take a lot of money. It's like Arizona's the broke boys. Arizona can't eight million dollars. <laughs> Imagine floating that. Who's uh, the owner of Arizona? Gary Batman. Yeah, I was going to say he's like uh, they're floating that to the NHL. He'd give Matt Murray eight million. Gary Batman's <laughs> dusting off the black card. <laughs> no, I don't see that either. You're right. Uh, okay, yeah, this was great. Anything else that we missed before you go? Um. No, yeah. I mean you didn't really you didn't really give me what you think's happening on the back end. Like, what do you do on defense? I mean, you say you like Klingberg, but where are you going to play him? I know. Well, th- this is the 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 oddity <laughs> for this team is. Uh, well, what you Who outlined, can take bigger risks, no. McCabe or yeah. Klingberg well, on the ice? I was going to say what, can't what, play them together. What you outlined, I think, is the if if things start today, right? If we're just working off of the pieces that we have right now, then I think it's exactly what you said. I think it's you're putting Brody back with uh, with Riley. You're trying McCabe and Klingberg, but Ugh. those two guys, Ugh. yeah, I just, it's, that's, that's really, no, thank you. I, I just, yeah, obviously there's no one's going to feel good about that. Like there's no one's going to feel good about that. You're not loading up the offense and saying, Hey, it's Riley and Klingberg together. That's clearly not going to happen. So it's, it's that. And then you have a third pairing, which is Giordano and Lilligren. I think my biggest thing is what I mentioned before. You can't go into the season with your, with Giordano as a, put down in pen guy on your roster after what we saw in the playoffs last year. No, yeah, like, no, no. So, so to me, I think in an ideal world, man, Jake McCabe makes 2 million bucks and you'd love to see him be the, the next guy down the lineup and then have Giordano basically be your seventh defenseman. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wonder, I, I hate even kind of considering it, but it's like, to me, you just sort of circle and go, it's, Either Brody or Lilligren to me feels like one of those two guys is getting moved. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. That's what it looks like to me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only other thing I could think of is maybe you just you wave Timmons and then you're looking at signing like a, a defenseman who can challenge for the five six role. Not good enough but, to me. But you look at free agency and it's like, man, no. there's 
there's there's nothing there on defense no. that's interesting at this point. So, yeah, it feels like it feels like there's a trade. I think they, I think they're going to have to make multiple trades here. Murray's going to be one of them. Yeah. Something is happening on defense, and then we'll see what happens with Neilander. Like it could be, while it looks like a full roster, while they've got enough players and they and they're at the cap and all of that. I still think there's lots to come for this team here. So that's really where I'm intrigued, and I think that that's really going to define how they're how good their offseason was is based on what happens with those next two, three, four trades that they need to make. Completely agree. And and that's why I just, uh, again, I, I keep circling back to Carolina because it just feels like that Nylander trade could end up being all of it. It could end up being part of, yeah, potentially how you dump the Murray contract. It could be how you change your blue lineup. It's potentially how you move Nylander. I, I like. I keep looking at them as partners and saying, Brett Pesci, "Don't do it." Brett yeah. Pesci is what you're going to get back for William Nealon. Um, well, I don't know don't what. Do like, Eric Tufke's going to take your lunch money yeah. and make make you feel like yeah. you still had something to eat or something. Yeah. You know, like it's it's not going to work. I don't. Fear. I don't. I don't know a trade with them that you win. Yeah. Well. The, I don't think you can play scared. <laughs> you can't sit down across from Eric Tolsky shaking in your boots like, I hope, what will you give us, sir? You know, it's just, if you can find a deal with that team, that's just the one to me where both sides sit down at the table and go, we have what you need, you have what we way, need. The only way you win that trade is slaving. That's yeah. it. Yeah, anyways, we got to go. Um, Myrtle, this was great as always. Thanks for doing this, man. I, you're right. This is going to be a great off season, so I can't wait to chat about it more. Uh, quick break. Let's come back. We're going to do a podcast only with some Raptors stuff later today and an update 